SHRED stands for sleep, hunger, recovery, energy, digestion, and stress. And if any of those things like go wonky or go the wrong direction, then something is probably off. And for me, um, I actually add two things to that would be libido and um, mood. You're listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. Hey there, my friends. Welcome to episode 102 of the Run the Riot podcast. Today, we'll be talking with Will Franz. He's an NASM certified personal trainer. He's been trained in nutrition coaching by both Precision Nutrition and Nutrition Coaching Institute. And he's he's just out on a mission to help athletes with their nutrition needs. And he is uh, he's wanting to help the ultra running community. And so join us today on the podcast as we explore all things nutrition. Man, we talk about performance, sleep, recovery, and uh, nutrition connection to each of those and uh, as you heard in the intro man we uh, we talk about some some things that poor nutrition uh, some indicators of poor nutrition and training so yeah listen along as we go all over the place and talk about all things nutrition so uh, before we get started real quick I need to talk about races. Have you signed up for the full moon 50k yet? I know it's in July of next year but go ahead and sign up I mean just just do it. You know you want to race it, especially if you're going to do the Arkansas Traveler. It's a great race to to go to the scout out the area, and uh, it's the same start finish as Traveler. Uh, it's a full moon. It's a 50k. There's a 25k, and there's also this year going to be a 50 miler. I don't think it's sold out yet, but you can check that out. Go to fullmoon50k.com and listen. If you use the code RTR, that stands for Run the Riot, RTR2021, you get 10% off. So check that out, all right? And uh, so it's July 16th and 17th. It's a night race. Um, It's pretty hot and humid. It's a good challenge. Uh, But man, great race put on by awesome people. You'll love it. Proceeds from the race, as well as all donations, will go to the Arkansas Ultra Running Cross Country Fund and the Logan Wilcoxon Memorial Fund. What those are, the Arkansas Ultra running cross country fund um, goes to to help fund high school cross country teams get equipment purchases and all things like that uh, in areas with a large concentration of low income students and the Logan Wilcoxon Memorial Fund benefits the Arkansas chapter of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention so check that race out okay you also have to check out the Outlaw Race Series. Have you signed up for any of their races yet? If not, man, get over there and sign up. Go to www.outlaw100.com. So many races. They're all great. Um, man, okay, I'm going to just lay it out. There's the Flat Rock um, Series in Independence, Kansas. Uh, the Lake McMurtry Run in Stillwater. And the new Greater Roadrunner Trail Run in Romanose. State Park in Watanga, Oklahoma. There's a four, a six, and a 12 mile. Uh, the Flower Moon in Pawhuska, the Dark and Dirty in Wilburton, the Thunderbird in Norman, and then, of course, the Outlaw 100 in February. So you need to hurry up and sign up. There's from <laughs> distances from 135 all the way down to 5K. Uh, man, check. I can't tell, I can't say enough about those races. Um, great. You'll have a great time. Um, and uh, Jeremy and Alicia just, just do a great job of taking care of ultra runners. So go to www.outlaw. Outlaw100.com. Tell them Run the Riot sent you. All right. And uh, 
you need to check out Exoskin. If you're not wearing Exoskin, I don't know what you're wearing. <laughs> Exoskin, great products. They're made in the USA. Their shorts keep you from uh, from chafing. And like I said, man, I ran 100 miles and my shorts didn't stink. All right. I love the Exo Toes. If I'm running trails, I'm wearing Exo Toes pretty much. Um, they keep my feet happy. They have regular uh, socks too. If you don't like the toe thing, because I know the toe thing freaks some people out. I also love their calf sleeves. They have uh, arm sleeves, shorts, tight shirts. Um, and have exo underwear, li- the liners to help keep you even more chafe free. Or if you don't like to wear the tights, you can wear those under regular running shorts. Go to www.exoskin.us and use the code Run the Riot and you get a discount. And then, best of all, man, there's a 30 day money back guarantee. Man, order the thing. If you really just don't like it, you got 30 days to return it for a refund. And last but definitely not least, you need to check out Runner's World Tulsa, www.runnersworldtulsa.com. If you're coming through Tulsa, if you're from the area, you need to stop by Runner's World Tulsa. You need something for running, uh, they've got it. And if they don't have it for some reason, uh, they can find it. You need advice for running, man. There's a lot of experience in that store. So shoes, packs, nutrition, watches, uh, clothes. Uh, like I said, they even have uh, a treadmill with an altitude tent over it and you can uh, do a protocol to help you for that mountain race that you signed up for. If you get into Leadville, like I'm hoping to get into Leadville, you know, I might have to go run on the, in the altitude tent, get myself ready. So check out Runner's World Tulsa. Uh, they're awesome people and tell them the Run the Riot podcast sent you. All right. I think that's it, guys. Well, Let's move on with episode 102 with Will Franz. All right, welcome to the podcast, Will. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right, man. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm good, man. We're just... uh just a, a full day of life, you know, I guess you can relate. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It has yeah. been snowing heavily here. So it's oh. been days of shoveling and trying to deal with downed tree branches and all that stuff. So with you. <laughs> oh man. Well, you, you say that, like, I know what you're talking about. I'm from Louisiana and I'm living in Oklahoma and we hadn't seen any yet. Where, where are you, man? Where are you at? Uh, I'm in Salt Lake city and oh, okay. it has been a really dry year here until two days ago and then it just dumped over a foot of snow so it has been an interesting couple of days here oh man you see I, uh, since i've been here in oklahoma we've got a little bit in louisiana a few times and then uh since i've been in oklahoma we've got last year we got yeah. some good snow but man i don't <laughs> i don't know what to do with that <laughs> i don't know i wouldn't know how to deal with that man. <laughs> yeah uh honestly nobody else does here either okay, it's kind okay. Of one of those things. i've worked i've worked at a ski resort the past like five years and yeah. i know what to do when i'm in my like giant machine making ski runs flat but i don't know how to deal with it in my driveway you just kind of got to get rid of it somewhere <laughs> yeah yeah well it's funny when it, in louisiana a bunch of us cage in south louisiana we get snow and uh they're just cars in the ditch everywhere <laughs> just just it's bad uh well, well Will, oh yeah hey, man well thanks so much for for joining me on the podcast we we didn't get on the podcast to talk about snow but um uh, so um well tell me tell, tell our audience a little bit about your background because we're going to talk about nutrition today and and so some of the listeners are going to go yes and some of them are going to go ah oh, man we don't, you gotta tell me what i shouldn't be eating and stuff. <laughs> so well tell, tell me a little bit about uh your background you know who you are and um you know what you do yeah so 
Very short version is I always been in an athlete in somewhere or another played sports. I was like very, fairly overweight in my teens. Okay. And when I hit about the age of 20, I finally found some exercise stuff that helped me lose a bunch of weight and it was great. Um, got me kind of the body I wanted and got me really strong. It's a bunch of body weight stuff and kettlebells and yeah. cycling. And nice. I, also I ended up with a bunch of injuries because okay. I didn't know what I was doing. I was yeah. 20. Yeah. I worked out really hard, like one, two hours a day and didn't eat enough food. Cause that's yeah. how you lose weight real fast. Yeah. And you know, you end up with ankle injuries and knee problems and hip pain and this other yeah. stuff. And I've always like been able to push way harder than my body can probably handle. <laughs> Yeah. So, so that's kind of where that came from. And then, uh, I got into the like nutrition coaching and like personal training sphere. Cause in my mid twenties, my, my dad died and he died mm-hmm. from like this long, like, uh, struggle with hep C. And mm-hmm. like, when you watch that, that fall down, you don't want anybody else to have to experience anything like that. Yeah. So that's kind of how I ended that realm. And after spending a couple of years dealing with strength and fat loss clients and things, I, really fell just kind of backwards into uh, the ultra community. Yeah. So my girlfriend's dad's an ultra runner. I've helped like volunteered at a, at a race out here a couple of times. Uh, yeah. The gym where I currently work is big in the like ultra and cycling and outdoor community. Yeah. And I realized like nutrition is a big thing that just isn't, everybody talks about it, but nobody yeah. like really dives super deep. So yeah. I got a little obsessive as I'm very intent to do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where we find ourselves. So I find myself on a podcast, talking about nutrition to alter people. And nice. I really loved it, man. I've, I found a lot of support and openness in this community. I'm really new, yeah. but I definitely going to be able to help. So it's kind of why I'm here. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. Well, when you said, you know, 20 year old, you got in and you, you're, you're pushing your body through. And I was like, I'm just laughing because probably everybody listening is like, yeah, I've been there. Just ignorance on fire, man. Just go just, <laughs> like, oh, it hurts. Just, I don't know. You know, you just do way too, way oh. too much, way too soon. Uh, and, and yeah, and don't do it right. Well, so um, yeah, so I, we've got, we've got lots to talk about because um, you know, what you said, you know, what you did in your twenties, um, you know, you wanted to get in shape. You had a desire. You started, you know, working out. You started doing, you know, the, the quote unquote right things, but probably too much of the right things and then not eating enough of the right things. So it's to find that uh, find that balance, you know, and I've talked to so many people who've been in that same boat. And so, um, yeah, we've got a lot to talk about because in the ultra community, we are pushing ourselves. We are, you know, pushing our, our bodies uh Ah, some past past limits and stuff, but um, in in training and re- we've got to retrain, we've got to recover, we've got to and then fuel for races, um, and so um, yeah, so we've we've got quite a bit. So as you've been um, interacting with ultra runners, helping ultra runners, coaching them, what is I guess we'll start off with this and then we'll kind of we'll break it down. But what's what's been like one of, one of the biggest um, things that you've seen that that ultra runners have done wrong? Um, they don't need know, enough. They don't eat I'll tell you that okay. like right, right off the bat. Yeah. Um, biggest thing is they don't eat enough food. And then we can dive deeper into like types of food and all that stuff down yeah. the line. But like the biggest thing I see pretty regularly is they don't eat enough. Mm-hmm. And I think there's probably a couple sources of that. Like one of them 
I've talked to a couple of people that are in this place and this is where I was when I was like cycling that over like two to 300 miles a week. Cause I, I was a delivery bike. I was a bike delivery person okay, and yeah. also like doing the random like century on my weekends. Right. So that ends up like adding in the mileage yeah. and I got into cycling to lose weight. And yeah. then I got used to like operating a tired in a calorie deficit. And mm. then I just never really pulled myself out of that very well. Cause I didn't yeah. really know how. Yeah. So I know some, a lot of people like start running to lose weight and then they fall in love with it. And then they just like get used to that kind of like drained feeling and they never really pull themselves out of it. So mm. that's one source. And then the other reason I tend to see is because ultra running is a lot, man. Like you're doing a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're training five to 10 hours a week and then you have a job and you have kids and you like have a dog and you have things to do <laughs> yeah. and then life like, eat, and then you're trying to eat three to 4,000 calories. Like that's a, that's a job in and of itself. Like you just don't have the time. Yeah. And I think a lot of the time, like we either forget or don't quite know what we're doing or mm. run out of time or really very honestly, like many, even recreational ultra athletes should probably consider themselves somewhere on the pro spectrum compared to like with as much food as they probably need. Wow. So it's just, it's, it's hard, man. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, and I've been last year, um, you know, I was some weeks I was running, working full-time kids, wife. Uh, I, I do stuff at church. I, I do the podcast. I do some coaching and I was running 19 hours a week, some weeks, you know, <laughs> and it's just like, and so, so, Okay. Well, here, here's the question. And, and, and this is going to sound, might sound a little vain. So during that time, yeah. I'm doing all that. I'm staying busy. I'm eating pretty healthy. Dude, mm -hmm. I still, I still had a gut. What the heck? Like not a big gut, but I still had some fat on my waist. <laughs> like what in the world? You know, like, so it's crazy. Is that cortisol? What, what's going on, man? <laughs> oh man. It could be, it could be a few things <laughs> yeah. going on. It is, uh, it is probably some level of hormone, right? Yeah. So like your, your inclination of cortisol is probably at least in the right direction. Yeah. So we, we see a few things going on there. Your metabolism adapts and it's mm -hmm. very adaptable right. and your body doesn't really care what your goals are. It cares yeah. to keep you alive, right? Like it just <laughs> wants you to stay alive long enough to procreate. And then it really doesn't care about anything else <laughs> much beyond that. Yeah. So as long as you're, you're alive, it feels like it's doing its job. Yeah. So you'll see different adjustments in hormone levels, depending on what's going on. And it could be cortisol. Like if you have a, have a bunch of stress that will, um, shunt a little more of that fat to your, to your midsection. If yeah. you are not <laughs> sleeping and yeah. not like getting the recovery you need, you mm. cannot produce human growth hormone. You cannot produce enough testosterone. And if you don't produce enough of either of those hormones, then you're going to severely reduce your ability to um, burn fat, burn lipids. And mm. so if you're ended up in that space, then those could be things going on. And then yeah. the other thing that might be happening there is just genetics, right? Yeah. Like I, you, you can't really control which order fat goes on and off. Right. And for, there's a little bit of, um, depending on sex there. So like women tend to hold a little more on their hips, men tend a little, hold a little more in their gut, but it's very, very genetically dependent. Some people yeah. can have a six pack at 15% body fat. And then mm -hmm. other people need to get down to like five before they really see it. Yeah. And some of that is going to be very strength-based. Like if you, if you have bigger abs, then you'll see them a yeah, little yeah. faster. Right. But beyond that, there's not, not a lot you can do. Mm. So I have a feeling it's probably a collection of all those things. Um, yeah. 
I, I would say, yeah, because You're, especially when I've, <laughs> yeah. training that much is sleep is like, it's probably a huge part of it. I'm glad you said that because, um, the sleep. Uh, yeah. And by, and you don't get enough sleep, your body stress court. And so they feed off of each other, I'm sure. But, uh, I, I would, I think a lot of it has to do, cause I, if I get six hours, I wake up at four every morning. If I get six hours of sleep, that's pretty good. You know, at night that's, that's a lot. I usually get more like five, <laughs> you know, and when you're training hard, that's probably not enough. Right. <laughs> no, I mean, I pretty much promise you that is your, yeah. That, that's what's going on there. There's your problem so right there. Yeah. It's likely a, like, <laughs> it's likely a lack of human growth hormone that can turn yeah. testosterone and you're just not going to get the like fat burning ability that you need to. And we see this a lot in uh, very high level athletes. So they've yeah. actually done some studies on the athletes that were very lean when they were about 18 tend to be a little heavier when they're in their late twenties and mm -hmm. vice versa. So athletes that were a little on the heavier side when they were in their late teens tend to be very lean when they're in their like late twenties and early thirties. Huh. And it's just that like testosterone and general hormone production that kind of carries over because your body will teach, will do what you teach it to do. Yeah. Huh. That's, so I got, I got to find time to sleep, man. I don't, I don't have time for that. Come on. Come on Will. <laughs> yeah, man. I feel you. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right. Okay. So, so, all right. No, I just, I just wrote down here on my, on my little piece of paper, sleep. All right. I'm going to work on that. I mean, seriously, like I, I really am going to work on that. Cause I, I've kind of thought that, you know, before as part of the issues and uh, I just, anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. <laughs> good. And I mean, I would like to dive into that for a second. Cause yeah, like I know go. everybody's like really busy. So yeah. Quality is going to matter more for you than quantity, mm -hmm. right? So like, I realize people don't have a ton of time. Yes. Yeah. You would probably do better within this like seven to nine hour range that they recommend. Yeah. But if you can get your like sleep environment and quality up, then you can get away with a little less. Yeah. And then there are people that also just need less. It's very rare. We're talking like one in a few million people. Yeah. But like Jocko Willink is a very, very famous example these days. And he sleeps yeah. about six hours a night on an upper end. And yeah. he does, he does very well. And two of his kids do the same. And then mm. one of his kids is like his wife who needs like closer to eight hours. Yeah. You do have some genetic predilection towards sleep. Okay. Yeah. And well, and I have, I have to say this when I sleep, I'm so tired, <laughs> but I, I, I go to, I, I fall asleep very fast, like 30 seconds, a minute I'm out and then I sleep really well. So, <laughs> so when I'm there, I'm, I'm there, dude. <laughs> so, so that's good. I just yeah. need to extend it out a little bit. I, I bet if I could probably get another half an hour to an hour on the regular, that would probably be really good. Um, so we'll help see. a lot. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. No, it's good, man. Awesome. I'm getting, I'm getting homework. All right. So, um, we, we can go a long way. Okay. So, so let's, let's talk about, let's go back to, um, you know, to calories and training and all you said, a lot of people just, they just don't eat enough. And so, and that's probably true. Uh, and one of the things I think I put, when I emailed you, we talk about, I said like ultra gut, I was joking because a lot of ultra runners, um, I mean, you see people, thin people, you see heavy set people, you, you see just and, and still accomplishing the thing, but, you know, yeah. accomplishing their races. But you think, wow, how can, you know, all these people be putting in so many miles and and still, you know, um, I don't know, I'm not saying being fat, but just not be super skinny. And I know there could be a variety of reasons, but, um, you know, um, I don't know, just not not eating enough, having some issues, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, some of that is going to come down to like how your metabolism works as well. Yeah. So like, okay. if, we're, if we're trying to perform at an ultra mm -hmm. and that is at a 
like polar opposite direction from trying to lose fat. And that's just a, a thing I tend to stress with, stress with clients early. Yeah. So gotcha. it, we could call this like the triangle of goals or triangle of awareness is what, what my like coaching cert calls it. And at one end of the triangle, you have, um, or like one vertices of your triangle, you have fat loss. Another mm-hmm. vertices you have performance. Another vertices you have like longevity, right? So if yeah. you're trying to live to be 120, your eating is going to look different than if you're trying to run an ultra or squat 600 pounds. Yeah. And it's going to look different than if you were trying to get on stage as a bodybuilder, mm-hmm. right? So if yeah. you have those two, you can be anywhere on that triangle, but you can't be <laughs> uh, two places at the same time. Yeah. And you can kind of cycle through your year. And that's honestly a really good thing to do. So if you're, if your goal is kind of fat loss, you shouldn't do that in the two months before your ultra, it's probably not going right. to serve you super well. Yeah. Um, you might have some come off as that volume skyrockets. I'm working with a higher level athlete at the moment his weight's kind of coming off, but we're yeah. definitely fueling him enough to like support sport race ramp up. Yeah. But really for, for most people, myself included, like I should target fat loss now if I'm trying to run a, run an ultra in May, like it yeah. just shouldn't be a thing I do later. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah. you, um, what kind of, when, if, if we're not fueling ourselves, uh, enough in training and uh, preparing for a race, what, how does that manifest itself, uh, you know, in our lives and our health, what does that look like? I, I think one of the things you said when you were doing injuries, um, mm-hmm. um, is yeah, you maybe explain that. And, and are there other things that, that, that'll say, Hey, you know, we need some more calories. Yeah. You're going to have a bunch. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's very personally dependent. So I'm actually going to kind of yank up my little chart here that I, I tend to talk about with people yeah, and yeah. just tell you, tell you what I look at. Cause for the, for the short version, um, there's a coach that I follow and I've learned a lot from, and his name is Sam Miller. And he has okay. an acronym that he uses shreds and he, the shred stands for stress or sorry, sleep, hunger, recovery, energy, digestion, and stress. And if any of those things like go wonky or go the wrong direction, then something is probably off. Okay. And for me, um, I actually add two things to that. The, when I'm looking with working with people would be libido and, um, mood. So, cause those are, those are what have crashed for me in the past. Like when I was training really heavy, whatever my, my libido went through the floor Cause I have no testosterone, but like, yeah. you can't have it. And yeah. I don't care. Like I bluntly, I don't care what your sex life is, but I care that you have a libido. Cause it's a signal that you have enough testosterone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. And it's then healthy. mood. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then mood, like, uh, <laughs> um, I've worked night shift. I've under eight in the, like one of the top things to go for me is my mood. I just turn into not the most pleasant human being to be around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that, yeah, this is something's not right. If your mood is garbage, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. All right. So oh. those would be kind of the things and we'd call those like biometrics. If you want to dive into it, it's like these like metrics of your biology that are signaling to you. And I keep an eye on them as I, as I work with people. Yeah. And they're one of the first things I look at and one of the last things everybody else cares about, but especially as we ramp up volume, it is going to be a much faster signal of everything that we're doing. Like one of those things is usually going to crash before anything else. Like your weight will probably stay stable 
a little longer than one of those things takes a dive or, yeah. or the opposite direction. So I yeah. try and keep an eye on those things to make sure that we're keeping you a functional, happy human being before we yeah. do anything else. Well, and that's, that's probably a tough balance because part of what we're doing in training is we are over, we're over I mean, we're overloading our, our bodies for a period of time and then taking a recovery week, but that those are good markers probably to watch not only for uh, nutrition, but just overall because, you know, it might be time for a recovery week, whether the, the, it says it or not on my plan, you know, if, if, if a lot of these factors I'm having issues and, and I can't keep up with the eating, you know, and, and so it, it's, it's the balance at all. Like, you know, or what if I'm, I'm two weeks in and I got another two weeks before I take a recovery week and I'm not eating right, or I'm having issues. It could be because I'm not eating right, you know, to recover, right. To keep, keep yeah. training, you know, like I need to, to get to that recovery week. So, I mean, it's so much, this is hard, man. It's just, just, you know, I just want to yeah, run. It's, it's a lot. Man. <laughs> yeah. I but, mean, no, it's very, but it's, very bluntly like, yeah, <laughs> go ahead. No, no, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough, but it, I mean, we, we have to, we have to figure it out. You know, that's part of the puzzle, you know, um, if we want to perform. So it is. And I actually just did a post on this today and like in my Facebook group, but like we, we can kind of view from t- fatigue from two ends, like, uh, local and systemic, right? Okay. So local fatigue is, is you're sore, you're working really hard. Like if, if you're, if you're running night, no oh man, 19 hours a week, that, that number just like breaks yeah. my brain. But if you're running 19 hours a week, you're going to be tired. Your quads yeah. are going to be a little sore. Like yeah. Your calves are probably going to be tired. Your feet are going to hurt all this stuff, yeah. but it, this would be like what we call localized fatigue. And in that, in that instance, you probably need to drop either volume or intensity a little bit, but you can mm-hmm. keep going. If yeah. you're starting to see a lot of those biometrics crash, like that is a sign of incoming, um, fatigue or crashing of your central nervous system. And that's what we're really trying to avoid yeah. is long-term versions of that is what leads to like the dreaded overtraining syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so let's just say, uh, how, an athlete comes to you and, and they're, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm about to, I'm about to start training. I've, 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 I've trained before mm-hmm. I've done some things. I know my eat, my eating is not right. And I'm going to run a hundred miler in, I don't know, six months. So you're, you're a nutritionist, you've done some training and all this stuff. And this guy's got, they've got a coach, they've got a training plan in place, or they're, they're, they're doing a training plan. How do you, what do you look at and how do you go about starting to help them know how to feed themselves for the training? And, and I guess even, even ramping that up as, as they go and what kind of, I don't know, do you have them do macros? Do you have a, what, what, what approach do you take to, to try to help runners uh, succeed? Yeah. Uh, macros would be my preference. Honestly, yeah. it's just, it's easy data yeah. to see. Um, I do have a very high quality focus. Like I don't want you to get all your macros through a, through a window would be yeah. the easy way to put that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, <clears throat> macros are helpful because yeah. you do need enough protein if you're tearing your muscles apart that much. Yeah. Um, we need to have some balance of carbs and fats, especially to like stress or focus on those more high intensity workouts, all, all those things. Yeah. But first thing would be, honestly, the first thing is a, a week of assessment. Like okay. I, I want to see what you're eating now. I don't mm-hmm. really want you to change it and see where our baseline is. I don't yeah. think enough people spend enough time on I call it the identification process. Identify where you are yeah. or else you don't know where you can go. Like you, you can't get <laughs> you like got dropped off in the middle of the desert somewhere and you had no, no phone. You might know you want to go to 
like Dallas, Texas, but how are you going to get there if you don't know where you're starting from? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. And so, okay. So evaluation, look and see where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I guess look, you have to look at the workload, you know, get an idea yeah. and, and figure out, you know, what kind of calories they've been getting and then start. So uh, on a, um, I guess on a regular you know, regular basis, what kind of, I don't know, what kind of macro, um, ratio do you typically look, you know, look at for, for, I guess, an ultra runner? Uh, it's fun. Uh, it really depends <laughs> on, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it depends on the person and like where they are in their training cycle. Yeah. And also, but like, before we get too deep into macros, I will mm-hmm. say like half, only half of my clients use them. Okay. Um, I do a lot of like photos and journaling and just kind of what, what are we eating? Yeah. Um, I would always, there, I, I doubt it surprised anybody, but in, in case it is like, there is a fairly high prevalence of eating disorders in this yeah. community. Yeah. And there is, it actually is a like neurological base from just being like a dopamine driven individual. If you're very dopamine driven, you yeah. tend to have a higher instance of eating disorders. If you're running hundred miles, you tend to be fairly <laughs> dopamine driven. So we have a lot of crossover, right? Yeah. So yeah. Like, yeah. That makes um, sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, my first thing is like, help you live a better life, right? Like, I'm not going to have you track food in a way that's going to make your life worse. So it's not a thing I'm going to do. But, yeah. And, and, and that's, you know, people <laughs> yeah. who I've talked to who, who had disorders, uh, if you get them micromanaging their food too much, it causes issues, mm-hmm. you know? Um, Can, yeah. Like yeah. I know some people, it helps really, it, some people, it helps like they're yeah. able to see how they can have a donut and it not ruin their day. Yeah. And that's great. And then some people, that level of focus on it is just devastating. So yeah. you got to work with whatever to make the, help the person live a better life overall. Yeah. Yeah. So do you, do you have, um, as far as the, like you said, you don't, you don't want them to get all their macros through a window. Um, you because I, cause I'm going to, I'm going to get, uh, we're, we're going to get into, uh, and I, some of the lists you sent me, we're, we're going to get into that, but I want to get into fat adaptation and sure. stuff because, because I've done, um, I've done, I've done, uh, you know, fat adapted running and stuff before, and I've done pretty well with it, but, but before we get to that though, do, do you advocate, sure. you know, just, just, uh, you know, a wide variety vegetables, uh, you know, good meats and things like that. And, and just try to try to get your food from a, you know, a lot of different healthy whole sources. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, honestly, as far as like eating healthy was very well described by Michael Pollan, uh, eat food, not too much, mostly plants. Right. And we're talking like from, from volume from that. And I would honestly make it even simpler. Like there's a lot of people I know or through either personally or through tertiary sources who have done very well in a carnivore diet. And I don't think that's great for most people, but if you have a lot of autoimmune things, that might be what you Mm -hmm. need. Um, and if you, if you eat, mostly whole, like as varied, as many varial, uh, as much varied food as you can, that's yeah. probably your best diet. Gotcha. So, yeah. yeah and, and, and then, uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. But I was just going to say like, just try, try and get as many, like if you, if you are able to eat a bunch of vegetables, most people are like, you should get the colors, get the phytonutrients, get all these things. Like the more varied your diet can be yeah. probably the better. And the more recognizable your food is from where it came out of the ground also yeah. probably the better. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so let's get, let's just visit, I mean, touch base with it because, um, because I've done where I was uh, pretty, 
I'd say pretty close to keto. Uh, still did vegetable. Like uh, it was more, I, I called it keto paleo. I don't even know if that was right, but, um, but I was pretty fat adapted and I did, I did well with it. Um, and then, um, you know, I took a break from, from it for a while. And, uh, um, but you know, there are some runners like, uh, Mike McKnight, Jeff Browning, who, uh, I mean, Mike McKnight's about to, um, to try to do a second 100 miles with zero calories and yes, uh, yeah, man. And so, um, you know, he's, do, he's doing fasted runs right now and, and man, he's uh-huh. running fast and he's, he's eating in a four hour window some days and Mike's a freak. He's, he's, he's a good guy. He's a beast. I've had him on the podcast uh, a couple of times, but, uh, it's mm-hmm. working, man. It's, and, uh, even, uh, like Jeff Browning. Um, if you read his story, he was, you know, he's, he's older than I am. I'm 47. And he, um, he considered, um, you know, retiring from ultra running and he discovered running fat adapted. And, um, you know, it kind of gave him a new lease with the inflammation Mm -hmm. and things like that. And, and, and it seems to work for him. Um, but like you, I think, like you said, it doesn't work for everybody. Uh, I've seen people try it and just crash and burn too. So I don't know what, what would you, as a, as a, from a nutritional standpoint, um, what, what, what do you say if somebody comes to you and they're like, Hey, I'd really like to try this. How do you, how do you approach that? How do you deal with it? Do you try to steer them or you try it for a little while or what do you do? Yeah, that it's a really hot topic and it's yeah. fairly complicated and I definitely want to address it. I am actually not dogmatic on this one way or the other. Okay. Um, so I don't care what you want to eat. Yeah. Um, I will explain to you the physiology of how carbs work in your body. And then you yeah. can choose to use them or not is kind of how, how that works. Yeah. Um, and that's how, how I work with my clients. Like I carbs help you go faster. Mm-hmm. That's, that's it. Yeah. And if you are not concerned about having that like sixth gear, mm-hmm. then fine. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. that's pre- pretty much what, what I have is the very simple version as far as like fat adaptation, it is fascinating. So I've been actually diving into this fairly deeply over the past couple months. Um, and trying to think where to start. So fat, fat adapted, if you have been running long distances for a fairly long period of time, you're probably already what most people would consider fat adapted. Yeah. You're already running at a high enough volume and running at a, hopefully if you're training for ultra the way most people should, um, running at slow enough volumes to where your body is very good at using lipids for fuel. Yeah. Yeah. So going into a keto diet for someone who's been running for a fairly long period of time probably is not going to help all that much. I've done keto. Like I don't have a lot of judgment there. Um, I spent a few, few months in it straight. It was interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it is, it is probably not going to make a ton of ton of progress for you. Right. If you are, when we study athletes in a lab and put them into a keto diet, we do see some changes in their metabolism. Yeah. So they get, they get worse at burning carbohydrate. They get yeah. a lot better at burning, burning fat. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting, yeah. but when they actually go to perform, there seems to be no real benefit to their performance. It just doesn't change it all that much. That's now, right. if you yeah. are, go ahead. No, yeah, we got a, a slight delay, so that I didn't mean to talk over you, but uh, no, but uh, some of the things that I've read, um, you know, kind of the same thing, um, you know, that it, yeah, it, it, uh, and and I think that's what you were, um, you know, metabolic flexibility, um, being able to fuel yeah. with both, 100%. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and like that would actually be my concern more than anything else, right? So that like you have to- you have that gear, you know. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. Because like if you do go super into keto, then you're probably going to struggle to burn those carbs when you need them. So one of the things that also can happen to people is they'll go keto for like a lot of their race prep. And then on race day, they still use like gels and powders and like high, high sugar things to help fuel. Yeah. And their body's not as good at it. So yeah. you can't digest as much. And it's like often results in some gut issues. Yeah. Gotcha. And I think, I think that might be the difference. Like, um, with Mike and uh, uh, Zach Bitter and Jeff Browning, they do increase their, uh, like when their training ramps up, they do increase their carb intake. They're primarily yep. fueling with fat, but they still, so they're, they're, they're very conscious of it. And I think they're keeping, they're doing enough to keep that flexibility in there because when they race they're they call it dual fueling, they're, they're taking their mm-hmm. carbs in along with the other, you know, along with burning their fat. So it's, it's, they're tapping into both. So what they're doing is not strictly keto. Well, I don't know, Mike, sometimes it goes carnivore, but you for a while, but you know, but I, but I think that yep. for the race, they're doing both. They're keeping that in there. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. And like, if we, if we're looking at the, the best example of this is actually the cycling world. Mm. So Chris Froome won the tour de France on a technically keto diet. <laughs> um, wow. This is much easier to do in the cycling world because they have power meters. If you have a very reliable power meter, you know how much glycogen you're using, like yeah. within a few grams. Huh. And you can fuel that human being with as much, just as much glycogen as they need, maybe like 10 extra grams to have them crush it. Hmm. We don't have that as much in the running world. So if you want to play with it, it can definitely be a thing to play with. Like yeah. I'm actually a huge fan of carb, carb cycling. Yeah. which would be your baseline on the daily mm-hmm. is a pretty low carb base, right? Like just enough to top off your glycogen, which for most people is like a hundred grams. It's a little more than you'd need just 150, maybe but a little more than you'd need to get or stay in ketosis, but not enough to like <laughs> cause a bunch of the inflammation. It, it's still a third of like what the standard American diet would provide. Right. Gotcha. And then on like, heavy training days, race days, these pushes, any of your interval sessions, crank it, like, yeah. crank the carbs because <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. going to give you that drive. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, that's good. That's good. Uh, and, and I, you know, I think, um, it's good to have, um, I don't know when you get so caught up in it yourself and you're doing, it's good to have somebody, I guess, on the outside, asking you the questions, helping you evaluate how you're performing, what you're doing. And, um, you know, figuring out what's working for you, whether it be, you know, regular carb based, uh, diet or trying to, trying to play with, you know, some fat adaptation within it. Um, you know, but like just asking the question, Hey, are, are your workouts feeling flat? You know, are your intervals really, you know, just then, then we need to up your carbs. We need to, we need to start playing with your yeah. diet. We need to do more, um, because fitness is the ultimate, even in, even going into an ultra, the fitter you are, the better you will perform overall, even if we're running slow. So if you can't, you can't pop at it in those, the speed sessions and stuff, and you're, you're, you're not getting as fit as you can, you know, your fitness will suffer. So you got to get fuel to pop, to get fit. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. But on that other end, like I will say, like, I see these recommendations for carbohydrate intake for endurance athletes, where it's like 10 grams per kilogram of body weight. For, for me, yeah, that would be 700 grams of carbs. It's, a lot of carbs. I, it's 200, it's 2,800 calories of carbohydrates. I don't, 
I barely eat more than that amount of calories in a day. I don't need that many carbs on a rest day, man. Yeah. Nobody does. Yeah. Like that's, that's an insane number to tell someone to eat on yeah. not a heavy training day. Yeah. So like having these generalized, like universal recommendations of never eat carbs, eat a ton of them yeah. seems crazy to me. Like yeah. I, that's, that's all I got. Like, I, I feel like it should cycle based on the work that you're doing mm. did or are about to do mm. like it, it should have some glycogens on a glycogen, in your storage form of glucose in your body. It's like on a 24 hour cycle. Yeah. If you're not doing a lot in the 24 hours, you don't need as much of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got. Yeah. So, okay. So that we we're kind of talking about, you know, fueling, um, before and before a workout, okay, you, you want to get some fuel in, um, you know, to be sure. able to pop the night before or whatever, uh, to be able to get that race in. So that end, uh, you know, you figure out what works for you. Uh, and then what about like recovery? What do you, what do you tell your athletes as far as you, I, I've just gone, I've had a hard, uh, interval run. I've did some weight training after, um, what do I do when I get home? <laughs> sure. Um, so this is a couple fold protein would be my big one. Yeah. Um, and I actually think protein matters a little more post your like long endurance sessions than it does even your weight training. Yeah. So there's been a lot of myth around like what we call the anabolic window. So the, the dude in the torn off like shirt trying to like deadlifting 500 pounds and then pounding a protein shake afterwards. Yeah. Probably not as necessary for, for most people. If you eat enough protein throughout your day, your body will figure it out. Okay. There are two, there are two instances where that's not as, as true. Um, one of them is the like pro bodybuilder trying to eke out that extra pound of muscle. Mm. If you have just lifted getting that like protein dose post that lifting session will help you to like fight the margins or like lean yourself into the margins. Yeah. And then endurance runners actually, I think can benefit from a good dose of protein post their like longer runs as well. Cause okay. running is, or any endurance work, this, this would have been very relevant to me when I was cycling and I wish yeah. I had known this. So yeah. like, um, any endurance work is very catabolic. It tears down your muscles when you're mm-hmm. doing <laughs> that much work at one time, your muscles are just in breakdown mode. Yeah. And that will carry for quite a long period of time, unless you shut it off. And the way you shut it off is like, there's two signals in your body. It's muscle protein breakdown and muscle protein synthesis. And you need to trigger muscle protein synthesis. And the way you do that is through protein. Okay. Specifically, it is through a specific amino acid, which is like your building blocks of protein called leucine. And you need like two and a half grams of it, Mm -hmm. which if you eat 30 grams of most like widely variable proteins, be it a shake or some eggs or a piece of meat or a piece of tofu, it will get you that leucine and then you will stop the teardown. Mm. Okay. So, yeah. So, so I'm, I do well, you know, cause basically my routine is when I go run, when I go do my thing and get home, protein shake, <laughs> you know, so protein, protein shake with yeah, avoca- avocado, <laughs> almond milk, collagen, and greens. So that's, that's my drink. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nice. man. That'll do uh, it. Exactly. I found, that, found that after that. Okay. So, um, no, yeah. So that, and, and I did hear, I'm glad you said about the anabolic window not being as, you know, because, mm-hmm. um, uh, and and I'll, I'll bring it up in just a minute about, cause I want to talk a little bit about intermittent fasting, uh, and see your opinion on that. But, um, um, but yeah, you know, because when you're, when you're, when you're 
I think I think it's smart and it's good to get protein varied throughout your throughout your day. It's good to get it right after you work out or run or whatever, but it's also good to just, you know, be, be eating it throughout your day. Not just then, you know, um, uh, you know, that way it's, it's in your, get it in your system. <laughs> Absolutely true. And like they, they've done some studies on this on bodybuilders. Cause this is where most of the studies are done. Yeah. Right. So like, yeah. um, when you trigger MPS muscle persistence, it will fall, fall over like the next couple of hours. And then we'll come back to baseline and then you can raise it again. If it's constantly high, it doesn't do a whole lot. Um, and you can end up, if you go real extreme, you can end up with kidney toxicity, which is not fun either. Yeah. Um, but the, it is a, it is a switch. It is either on or off. Yeah. So if you eat a meal of like 10 grams of protein and then a meal of 15 grams of protein, and then a meal of like a hundred grams of protein, you will only turn on muscle protein synthesis once in your day with that hundred gram meal. If you okay. eat four meals of 30 grams of protein, you will turn it on four times throughout your day. Mm. Okay. So if you're really trying to like, if you're in a strength building phase or you're in a heavy training phase where you're trying to like, where you're constantly tearing down muscle and you're trying to make sure you're maintaining it as much as possible, getting a few feedings of that, like 30 ish grams of protein window yeah, is a good call. And you don't, I, I don't like people to get obsessive over this. Like yeah. I'm certainly not, but at least try to get a couple in the yeah. day. Okay. Yeah. Spread it out. Mm -hmm. Um, what do you, um, I, I've read uh, in a few different articles and stuff like, uh, different proteins, you, they're good to take at you know night before you go to bed. Is that, is that a, um, is that a good thing? Is that something it probably doesn't matter. Okay. Honestly. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, it probably doesn't matter. Cause I drink um, that before I go to bed and I end up in the bathroom <laughs> during the night. I just don't sleep well. And then, you know, and cortisol, man, it's not good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that'd be my biggest concern. Yes. And yeah. in theory, like it's casein is the one that like, it's really thick for one. A lot of people have issues with casein. Um, they don't digest it well. I'm okay. actually one of them. I, I eat, whole dairy, like a champion, I do fine with whey protein. When I eat a K protein, a casein protein shake, yeah. I feel like I've been shot in the butt with the tranquilizer. Yes. Like I'm just really sluggish. Yeah. <laughs> so I good. clearly have like some sensitivity to that. Um, and a lot of people are that way. Like mm -hmm. there's, I think 70% of people don't do super like globally don't do great with dairy. Yeah. And some of it's the lactose. And then a large percent of it is actually the casein protein as well. Well, wow. and we can get into like types of casein protein. If you get higher quality milk, it's probably better, et cetera. There isn't as much of it in sheep's and goat's milk, but if you're just buying a, a shake, it is probably on the cheaper end because that's how they make their margins. So it is, it is tough. Right. Yeah. And then the other thing is it's probably not going to let you sleep as well. If you take in a bunch of calories just prior to bed, mm -hmm. if you're digesting, you're not really resting fully. So this is why we should also have a, probably like a two hour gap between our like last intake of calories and sleep. Yeah. And I worked night shift for years. Like I was actually just talking to Joel Spratis about the, like how much night shift is terrible. <laughs> and like, yeah. um, I understand that sometimes your feeding windows are a little messed <laughs> and I yeah. get it, but if you can, having that gap will help. And if you're, if you're in a high training window and you're currently leveraging a lot of carbohydrates, you might actually need a small snack before bed to keep mm -hmm. your glucose levels stable. Yeah. But for the most part, if you can be 
fairly well digested going to bed, you're going to sleep better, which will lead to better hormone production, et cetera. Gotcha. Gotcha. Do you, um, yeah, we, we have, um, uh, you know, three square meals a day and then, you know, bodybuilders will eat five, I don't know, circular meals or something or whatever, you know, five spread it out during five meals a day. Do you, do you have any kind of, uh, do you advocate any, you know, any kind of way of eating or how do you, you know, is there any better way to do it? Oh, I've done it all. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'll start out with that. So I've done it all. Uh, the way I originally lost weight in college and the reason I like, know I was under eating, especially looking back on it, I actually did a one meal a day diet okay. and I did that for a very long time. It was Mad. fine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. The OMAD diet. Bingo. Yeah. Um, it was fine. And I will say the, like the benefits of it are probably twofold. One, it does like remove some of that glucose dependency. Like mm-hmm. we have a huge incidence of diabetes in this country. Yes. And a lot of it is due to the high carbohydrate intake in our food and like mm-hmm. the quality of those carbs and yeah. paired with a very sedentary, like general lifestyle in this country. Yeah. Teaching yourself to be a little more in the fat, fat adapted, whatever, um, a little less dependent on carb state is probably not a terrible idea. And the other thing is it gives you a lot of mental clarity, man. I'm not all that hungry until like three or 4 PM and not the greatest right now when I'm training a lot, but it's nice to not like being hangry is unpleasant. So (laughs) it's nice to not have that like control system. Um, So those are some benefits. The only real like timing physiological benefits would be around your, around your workouts, like trying to fuel what you're trying to do or recover from what you just did. Yeah. And that would be either some like targeted carbs and protein. Otherwise it doesn't really matter other than the like muscle synthesis that we, we were just talking about. Yeah. Yeah. If your calories are the same throughout the day and you're not eating too close to bed, it doesn't matter at all. Uh, okay. there's, there are some like very detailed things where if you are going to do a like restricted eating window, mm-hmm. you probably should front load your calories more to the morning. Okay. That is where they've actually seen the benefits. So like, okay. that is not what I did. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. ate a gigantic dinner. Yeah. Um, but the studies that actually show like the benefits independent of calorie intake, all of them eat like a thousand calorie breakfast and then like taper throughout the rest of the day. Mm, okay. And that's, and that's cause um, you know, I've toyed with intermittent fasting uh, just to kind of try to, mm-hmm. you know, shed a little pounds and get, take more control over what I'm eating. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, but you, you gotta be careful and, you know, cause you want to include your sleep and you, the, you they gotta, it's to find that, that good window when you're working out and you're, you know um, and so it's, that's kind of hard uh, you know, cause right right now yeah. in doing, in doing it, you know, if you don't eat at night, get up in the morning, all my workouts and runs are early in the morning. And then, well, I get back and if, if I'm still fasting until noon that day, I don't get my shake right after I get it at noon. And so, you know, yeah. and so there's just those, you know, you're trying, just trying to figure out the best way to do it. And, uh, you know, and I know you can still fudge a little bit on some of that cause you're still getting it, but you're not optimizing some things quite as much. So, um, but I definitely sure. get my calories yeah. in, in my window, dude, <laughs> dude that's, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's good, man. And I, yeah. I would say like one, don't overthink it. It's probably my, my first thing. Yeah. Like if you're hungry, eat, yeah. right. Like that's, that's a good thing to do. Um, and then on the other end, like, 
as I said, if you can shift your, your window a little earlier, great. But if you're super active, like your window probably needs to be a little longer. Yeah. Um, the like 16, eight window is really mm-hmm. designed or was designed for a fairly sedentary human, like a desk worker who might work out for half an hour a day and like take a half an hour walk. Yeah. It is not designed as much for most of the people listening to this podcast. Right. It's not right. so you can't do it. Right. Um, and I will leverage that time to time. Like I have spent enough time in keto and not eating and all these things that I, I drop into it pretty easily. Yeah. Like I haven't eaten in many hours at this point because yeah. I like the mental benefits that keto gives me. So I knew I was doing this podcast. Yeah. So like, I wanted to be clear. I'm, yeah. I'm going to leverage that a little bit. I'm not going to have a like 1500 calorie breakfast burrito prior to this podcast. Cause we'll be all sluggish yeah, and we'll break. Fall, fall asleep on me. <laughs> <laughs> Bingo. Yeah, yeah. But like, if we're, if we're talking a heavy training day, it looks a little different. And this comes to like cycling your food around what you're doing. Yeah. And I'm not in a heavy, heavy training right now. I'm up I'm d- an hour and a half, uh, doing hour and a half of, of running in weights right now. I'm, I, and I'm not, I hadn't started my training. So I'm, I, that's why I'm playing with it. But I have to say, I do like, even though I wake up, I have a black cup of coffee. I hit the gym. I drink a lot of water all morning. The clarity during the morning is like, it's great. Mm-hmm. And then I eat a sensible lunch and I'm still, I'm still trucking. Cause not on a normal day, um, I'm all right, you know, and then I eat lunch and uh, there's that crash after lunch, just kind of, man, I need a nap, you know, I need a siesta. And so it's, 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 it's you know, I don't know, it, it, like you said, yeah. it's, it's leveraging those things and where you are. And I can do that now in, in my training because I'm not r- training as hard, breaking down as much to need something right after. And so, uh, so I enjoy the, the benefits of that, you know, like you're doing right now. <laughs> For sure. And like some of the I forget if it was Walter Longo or Sachin Panda, but they both do a ton of work with fasting and like circadian rhythm. Yeah. And one of them said that exercising in a fasted state is more likely to benefit your fast than it is than vice versa. Like the fasting is going to benefit your exercise a lot less than the exercise is going to benefit your fast. Mm. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. That's yeah. Um, it just it reminds me of a I don't know I I, I still think about the the carnivore guys I can't remember his name the doctor guy that's carnivore he he uh, and he's he's got the. I don't know. He's got the world record on the the rowing or something, and he can deadlift a bazillion pounds. And he's old. Uh, it's probably Sean Baker. If yeah, I Sean guess. Baker. That's yeah. him. That's him. Yeah, that's him. That, Dude he's is a, jacked. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's jacked. He's a beast. And he, he eats. He said, "I get my vegetables through the meat." <laughs> it's like, it's like the cows eat it, and I eat them. I was like, "All right." Oh yes, he does. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I will say, if you're gonna go, I do not agree with this man on many things. Yeah. But if you're gonna go carnivore, I actually really like uh, Paul Saladino's book. Um, he advocates like organ meats and intake because like he yeah. fully breaks down like where your nutrients might come from yeah, and all of that. So again, like if you're going to go carnivore, I am actually a fan of still eating a varied diet. Right. Yeah. So like yeah. if, if you can go for it, Sean just eats steak. Yeah. It's so much steak. <laughs> yeah. it, it seems to work for him, man. So yeah. like power to him. Uh-huh. I have like genetically high, like cholesterol markers in a way yeah. that that would probably lead to a bad heart attack for me fairly yeah. young. Um, I don't think he does and power yeah. to him. I think it's yeah. great. Look, well, and he's, life, and he's, dude. you know, and, and he's lifting and I know you need whatever, you know, and, and you eat enough protein. Uh, what is it? Uh, what is it? What is the name of that word? There's a word because your body will turn protein into glycogen. You know, if you eat enough protein, glyconucleogenesis, something gluconeogenesis, gluconeogenesis. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> 
Thank you. And so, um, yeah. And so, you know, you're, yeah. you're, you're, so he's still fueling his, um, his workouts like that, but he's also not running, you know, you know, mm-hmm. running 20 miles too. So I don't, you know, <laughs> um, yes, hundred percent. Yeah. So, and I would say, I would say for anybody wanting to do a drastic change like that, I think it'd be wise to get like some, some pa- blood panels, you know, I like keep an eye on what's going on with your blood, your, um, you know, and, 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 you know, when I've done strict keto before I've had some, um, some cholesterol markers go up, but my good cholesterol was, was so high. It was so good from the cardio and everything else I was doing. It was, they weren't even, you know, remotely concerned. And so, you know, but it's good to keep an eye on what's going on with your body to make sure, like, if, like you said, if you're predisposed to a lot of this stuff, um, you, you know, just check yourself out. hundred <laughs> percent. And I mean, like, I will say, yeah, before I did, <laughs> I, when I was first getting into this, I did like a series of experiments because I was just so confused so that the only, only solution I had was to like run a diet, run a bunch of blood panels and figure it out. So I did like a couple months of keto. I did a couple months of like really low fat. Um, and then I did like a couple months of like very clean keto, which to me meant no dairy because they've shown that the, the dairy will very specifically spike a lot of your, your lipid markers. And then I did a very, like a very clean, like no seed oil version of low fat as well. And no, no sugar is actually what it was of low fat. And for one, that was a rough six months of just being a social pariah. So I don't say you weren't fun to be around. I'm sure (laughs) it's not not super fun to be around. I like couldn't, couldn't eat a donut that my coworkers brought to work and all that stuff. (laughs) But, um, yeah, my blood markers are very interesting. So like in the first round of keto, they were terrifying because I was eating so much dairy. Yeah. Um, the first round, the the low fat was worse. My inflammation was awful. And like, mm. that was the worst I've ever I've felt in a long time. Like yeah. super, like 10% or lower of fat. Mm. I, I, I wish I'd run a hormone panel now that I know what I know, but like I could tell you. I had none. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was grouchy all the time. Yeah. I was inflamed. All of my joints hurt from like all the damage I've done in the past, yeah. et cetera. And then the like super clean version of keto actually was fine. My LDL was higher than I'd really like it to be, but I had like no inflammation. My yeah. super dense LDL was really low. Yeah. Um, still not very high HDL, but like no triglycerides. So like yeah. you can do it fine if you know what you're looking for, but it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't for me that yeah. again, so I like pizza, man. I yeah. Like it, well, hey, so yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pizza's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> That's good recovery, so. man. You get your carbs, you get your, your, your protein, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just, I, I like it. And that's, yeah. that's the thing. I think most people shouldn't, you shouldn't leverage a performance diet or a health diet for so long that it makes your life unpleasant. Yeah. And, and, and that's another, that's another very important thing. Um, whatever we do, it needs to be sustainable. Cause we're, I mean, we're doing like a four month training for a big mm-hmm. race and, and uh, that's a long time to be um, you're training. You're already going to be you know, on edge and stuff. So you need to fuel your body, but, but you've got to do it in a way that you can live with yeah. and that people can live with you, you know? Um, so, uh, yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, so I have had, uh, let's see, I had a few other questions here that, um, Oh, sure. uh, um, well, before we even get to that, I guess, I guess, uh, okay. We went through recovery, right. Do, do you, I mean, I guess, uh, 
during a race, um, I mean, every athlete's just different. Now, you know, do you, do you just advocate try, trying mm-hmm. to get, trying to get them to just try see what works for you? Uh, try to get, do you tell them, try to get a certain amount of calories per hour, see what they can tolerate or, uh, have you dealt with that much? Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> the answer to all, of the, yeah, yeah, all of those yeah, questions. Yeah, is yes. Yeah, yes. So <laughs> the, the first thing is what works for you is what you should do. Yeah, um, yeah. if you have a system, mm-hmm. I would consider testing some different systems. If you haven't, um, yeah. if you're happy where you are, then great. But if you have done one thing all the time and you have a, like, this is actually where I think the benefit of the long run is, is mm-hmm. to test these systems. Yeah. hundred percent. So, yep. Like you are pretty much tapping out all of the physiological, physical benefits you're going to get from a run at like two and a half to three hours. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. Great. Um, that does not mean that you shouldn't run longer than that. So if you're, if you just want the physical benefits of training, do two, three hour sessions. If you're trying to prep for a race, you might want to do a six hour session. Cause if you're going to run for 36 hours, you need to see what (laughs) blows up (laughs) (laughs) when your body starts to run out of glycogen and synthesis gets weird and you hit that 30 to 40 mile mark and your guts all pissed off. Like that's, yeah, you need to run some long ones. And that's actually the huge benefit I see from the longer run is testing your nutrition. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, hydration and, and chafing and all those things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All the, all those things. Exactly. It, well, and, and mentally too. I mean, mentally you've got to see where your head's going to go. You, 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 you know, you can't, you know, can't, you're not gonna run hundred miles in training, but you get yourself, you know, in those mental situations because the mental toughness is important, but, um, yeah. but also here's, here's a, Oh man, I'm, I don't want to quote her wrong. There's a, there's an ultra runner in our area, Kathy Bratton, who's run probably close to 50, hundred miles now, but she said, uh, so when you pretty. get tired, when you get, yeah, she, yeah, she's a beast. She's awesome. When you get tired, check your electrolytes. When you get cranky, get some calories. That's what she's, that's just, I, I believe, <laughs> I hope I didn't quote it wrong. Kathy, I'm sorry if I quoted you wrong, but, and I, uh, and I've kind of like, I, I think that's pretty good. You know, if you get kind of cranky and, and, and funky and mean, you need to need more calories in you or something. <laughs> you could, yeah, I mean, and that, that's the thing I would say every, Every athlete's different. Every yeah. race is different. Yeah. And this is honestly like, it's bluntly why I, why I have a job, right? Yeah. Like this yeah. stuff is yeah. really hard, but I mean, very, very simply, the faster you're going, the more you're going to leverage carbohydrate, the higher your heart rate is, the more you're going to leverage carbohydrate, yeah. the slower you're going less. So, yeah. so if you were doing, if you're trying to run like, or not run. If you're trying to pull an FKT on the Appalachian trail, like, yeah, you're going to be booking it, but you're mostly going to be power hiking. Yeah. Yeah. So you can probably fuel on avocados most of the time, most yeah. of the time. Yeah. Um, if you're trying to run a 5k, you need a lot of carbs if yeah. you want to be competitive. Right. And then we can view everything in there as a spectrum and yeah. altitude and elevation gain and all these things like play into it. Yeah. But I, if you want your best opportunity to perform really well, you want to have like glucose and glycogen kind of topped off to just where you need them. Mm-hmm. And I kind of view it as like an IV drip yeah. is the best thing I can really say. So like if we, if we had the ability, we would attach someone to an IV drip and have them run with it that yeah. like gives them other calories and gives them other electrolytes and completely keeps the fluid stable. 
Yeah. Bypass the stomach. Big, <laughs> yeah. Bingo. Yeah. Just yeah. drop it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He's, he makes me puke anyway. What, Punk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. Like that's what we go for. You can't yeah. really do that. So yeah. like we need, but we want to get as close to that as possible. So right. the earlier you start hydrating and fueling the better, yeah. um, there should probably be some electrolytes in there. Yeah. The electrolytes are a very shifty topic, but they are necessary. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you, you want to keep a consistent drip as much as possible. Yeah. And running ultras is eventually, if you go far enough, fast enough, you're going to stop being able to digest food. Yeah. But you want to hold that off as long as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and uh, like you said, and, and that's why like being on this podcast is tough because there are certain statements you can make that are, that are absolute, you know, your body burns, mm -hmm. you know, but, but, to say exactly what'll work for each person, you, you know, you can't just say you eat exactly this every morning. You can't, you know, because we're, everybody's different. Some people like you, even some people can tolerate certain things. Some people can't tolerate them. And, and so it, it's, you know, like your job is helping guide people, you know, to figure out what works for them to fuel them for what they need to do, you know, hundred um, yeah. percent. And like, I will, I will say it's, it's very training relevant as well. Like if you are fitter, if you have a better aerobic base, if your cardio is better, you need fewer carbohydrates to go at the same pace. Yeah. Like I am fit in many ways. I lift heavy things and I can sprint pretty fast, but when it comes to the aerobic base, it is terrible. And yeah. it's what I'm building right now. But to fuel, if, if somebody put a gun to my head and told me I needed to run a 50 miler tomorrow, yeah. I would need to functionally get an IV drip of <laughs> carbohydrate into me. Yeah. Um, I need to leverage all the powders I know how to use and like yeah. make sure I'm like super hydrated and get there. A year or two down the line, when my aerobic base is better, I could, I'll be able to cruise a lot more. Yeah. And like, if you, if you look at Michael McKnight, like he, he is super fit. And yeah. like yeah. super fit and he can cruise on those fats, um, partially because of training, partially because what I've done, partially because of the distances he goes, like yeah. he's the king of two hundreds, right? Yeah. Like he's not, he's not running as many 50 Ks. Like they're, mm -hmm. they're training races for him. Yep. He's going these long distances. And then if, and then again, like if we see him like really trying to perform, he's not, he's not trying to set a world record for zero calories. He's trying to see what it does to his body, strapping yeah. a bunch of metrics to himself. It's super cool. I'm going to yeah. watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping to watch some of it live. It yeah. is awesome. But yeah. like it, he's I agree. also not trying to win, right? Like this is, yeah. this is a different thing. It is yep. what the human body can do and what it does. I was surprised. Uh, so I interviewed him after he did the, um, uh, his solo hundred mile, zero calorie run. And I, I was like, that was just cool. Cause he's like, I'm going to try it, you know? And we talked about yeah. it and, and, uh, I was surprised to see online that there were some people who like, you shouldn't do that. It's so dangerous. You set a bad example. And I was like, what? I mean, like, you know, and he, it's not like he went do it by himself in the woods. He had, you know, he had people there and he could have bailed at any time. And he, you know, and so I was just surprised. And I don't know, I'm like you, I like people pushing, pushing the limits, you know, within reason and, and everything he's doing was, is within reason. You know, he, he's got, he can bail at any time. He can eat a donut whenever he wants. You know, yeah, he's also really open about it. Like yeah, his, yeah. his original post when he announced it said something like, I'm going to see what my body can do. Yeah. 
Yeah, like, he's not awesome. Yeah, he's not advocating <laughs> that. that. Hey, you got to do this too. Let's, you know, no, he's like, I'm doing this and here's how I'm training for it. And we're going to do metrics this time, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I can't wait to see, you know, what, what's I'm going to dive that? into his any bit of CGM data he releases. I'm going to just read it to death. I'm so stoked. Like it's going to yeah. be great. Yeah. But yeah, man, it's not like if I tried to do that, I would, yeah. I would crash and burn so hard. I'm not that right. fit. Yeah. Um, it's not there. Like, he just super cool. Yeah, it, it's cool. He's trained for it. He's he's trained for years for this, you know, because of like you said, the type of races he's yeah. run. And so, uh, so, yeah. And so it, it's 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 cool to see people pushing those limits, trying this, trying the things, and figuring out what's what's working for them. And so, um, you know, I want to just encourage the listeners, like, you know, they know I've had some crash and burns. Like I've had the you know Moab. <laughs> 240 my stomach went south from stuff i was eating i threw up <laughs> Ugh, uh, all yeah. over the place and i had to bail because i could i was getting zero calories in yeah and and uh you know i learned learned from that and and you know sure oh, oh, i'm not going to drink that junk again and you know you figure it out for the next race and and so um you know it it happens um and so if we That's, can yeah and i mean i'll say if i could tell it'll I mean, a few things, but one thing is your nutrition problems are often hydration problems. Hmm. Like if I could bluntly state that, um, we need to focus on hydration hmm. more than we do food Yeah, because like very low levels of dehydration are going to highly affect your digestive tract. Yeah. yeah. And it has it doesn't mean you can't run. Like if we look at, like if you read Alex Hutchinson's book, Endure, they talk about how much weight people lose during a marathon who are winning a marathon. It's insane. They lose like 10 pounds and they're yeah. super dehydrated, but they're, and they're already like little <laughs> small dudes, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kip, Kip Chogi is not a large man. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 10 pounds is a lot on him. <laughs> yeah. Bingo. But like he, he is able to kind of fall apart for the couple days after that and yeah. just leverage it. Like yeah. if he were, if he, if he had to run an extra 20 minutes, I don't know how well that would go, honestly. Right. Like he's so good at running that distance. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And at, at that elevation, like, yeah. that's, yeah. It. that's um, it. Yeah. Whereas people looking into like digestion, you need a lot of blood volume is what yeah. it is. So as soon as you start to get dehydrated, your blood volume starts to drop when you're running 50 K 50 miles, a hundred miles, all your blood is in your legs. So yeah. when your blood volume starts to drop at all, you have none, you have nothing left to digest food with. Yeah. You're it. Yeah. And so I would say that, solution, that that's what happened at Moab. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got dehydrated and yeah. Mm-hmm. Part of it. I was part I of bet. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Utah bad. desert is dry down there. Yeah. It's hot. It was hot. It was bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, it's tr- seriously though. And I think I, I agree. I would agree with that. And, 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 you know, um, the, the, the dehydration and, and even, you know, the electrolytes with it, keeping that balance in there, it helps everything else, you know? For um, sure. And I, I, yeah, like, I agree. Um, I think, I think a lot of people need to evaluate when they're having stomach issues. Um, yeah, how's your, how's your hydration? hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. Like, yeah. have you, have you been up on it? And I would say like T- Tim Noakes is clearly a, a deity in the hydration world. And it, yeah. I really appreciate his work, but he mostly did, marathoners and when we like he did a little bit on the comrades obviously but yeah. when we're looking at it's like long long races the other thing is i forget to drink man like a yeah. lot of people do yeah um i i 
I just zoned into what I'm doing and then suddenly it's been an hour and I'm yeah. like, oh, well, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> and, and you got to try to catch I, up without sloshing in your stomach and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And you probably can't like yeah. the only thing at that point, your only, only real choice is to walk for a while. Yeah. And you, that's your, your real solution. If you're having a bunch of gut problems, probably hydrate a little bit, make sure yeah. you're taking in some sodium. So you don't end up with hyponatremia yep. and walk for a while and yeah. see if it gets better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, uh, Will, uh, so when, when are we going to see you on an ultra course, man? Hopefully next year. All That's right. kind of the plan. Okay. I am going <laughs> to, I'm inherently bad at social media. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have learned a lot in the past little bit, but I am, my innate nature is very introverted. Yeah. So this is okay. not the, this is not the kind of stuff I do, but I have started documenting a little bit. Um, okay. My plans for this week were to get a couple tests done of aerobic function and critical, critical speed. Yeah. And then the entire city froze into a block of ice. Yeah. So that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we're probably going to take a week to do some strength work and see where yeah. we end up after, after that. And then, yeah get the train in rolling. Um, I would love to, I'm going to do one this year. I don't know which one my intention yeah. is probably twisted fork up in park city. Cause that's okay. one that I have volunteered at and kind of what brought me into this world. I know it's yeah. not a big one or, yeah, but it is, as Jason Coop says, like pick one that you have an attachment to. So yeah. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Stupidly. That's probably the one. Cause it's way longer. It's like 40 some miles and it's brutal, but yeah, that's the one. So we'll see what we got. Cool, man. That's awesome. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be awesome to, you know, document your, your journey there. And, uh, uh that's cool, man. That'd be, that'd, it's always, fun. I always, always like to encourage people, you know, to, to do the thing, man. If you feel that, if you feel that, that inkling, you know, get on it and do it. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, I just want to pass a message. Like if you train smart, you can train less. If you train hard when you need to go hard and easy when you need to go easy, then you can probably train less. And yeah. if you take care of your recovery, which is yeah. really what I'm good at, yeah. that's, you'll get more out of the training you do. Yeah. So. Gotcha. Well, Will, um, if, um, if our listeners want to get in touch with you, want to, want to, you know, hear more, want to have more questions for you, need some guidance, uh, how can they get in touch with you? Sure. Um, my, my Instagram, which I'm just back on after taking a very long gap yeah. because again, introvert is, uh, <laughs> will.c.franz, just my last name. Okay. And you can find me there. And then if you want like actual info on training, I run a Facebook group called trail and ultra running nutrition, and you'll be in good company there. I do a live weekly and at least a, a longer post and try and kind of cover the bases there and as much as we can. Awesome. And then another local coach and I, Michael Krasinski ran a like webinar back in November, I want to say called enjoy your 50 K and I think it's just enjoy your 50 K.com. And for your, for your listeners, if you want to sign up for that, I think the price is normally 29 bucks and knock 10 off it with the code riot R I O T. So cool. it's kind of yeah. what you, if you want to get in touch with me through any of those means, go for it. I would oh. love to talk with y'all. I can honestly go on about this for I could do the next few hours. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, 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 as much as you want. <laughs> awesome. No, no. Uh, and we'll, I'll have all that information in the show notes and, uh, on the, on the webpage, um, you know, for the links, I encourage everybody to, to check it out. And, uh, I'm sure I'm, you know, when we, when we hang up 
every time I'm always like, man, I should ask this or I should have asked that. So if, if I think of some more questions, we may, we may, uh, I may, you know, post them on the, post them on the webpage or we'll, we'll have you back. <laughs> I'm happy to do whatever, man. I, again, I love this stuff. Like I'll, I could talk about this with you forever. So for that, sure. Well, I appreciate it, man. And Hey, I want to encourage everybody. Um, he's been on the ultra running guys podcast. If you remember, they're great guys. Uh, Jeff and Jeremy are awesome. And so, uh, check out the, I don't remember what number episode, but, uh, it, it was probably a couple months ago. Check that out. Um, you know, it was like 30 ish, give or take. Yeah. I think, I think it was like 33 or something, but check it out. Those, those are yeah. great guys and, uh, check their podcast out. And, uh, Will, thanks for taking your time, man. I appreciate you being on the show. Thanks, David. I really appreciate it. This is really fun. Good deal. We'll talk again soon, man. Yeah, chat soon.